everybody to a new episode of the Shaken and Stirred show. I'm Nigel Barker in New York and I've got a rather exciting guest for you this week. You know, I'm a bit of a country fan. You probably figure that out right now when you look at all the people I've had on Shaken and Stirred. And yes, an English boy likes country. Country is popular the world over. You can hear my guest laughing in the background. She's got an incredibly contagious laugh, a beautiful face, great voice that is, I've got to say, for me, one of the best voices in country I've heard in, I like to say, almost forever. I'm really not, I really mean this. I, I was wow, listening to her music you. today again, eyes closed, and just thought, it was nostalgic for me, but at the same time, rich and new and mm. powerful and poignant. And, you know, you, there's something about the way you sing that it, it doesn't make it sort of flippant. It, it's, it's, let me just introduce my guest already, all right? <laughs> Our guest is a fabulous guest. She's a country music sensation. She won the Juno Award for Album of the Year in 2021 three times uh, Canadian Academy of Country Music Award winner in 2020, two times Academy of Country Music winner in 2020 as well, and was just named to Forbes 2022 30 under 30 list. Here to chat with us, please welcome Tanil Towns. Tanil, how are you? Well, hello, Nigel. I'm so good. So glad to be hanging with you today. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure. By the way, if you're not watching this, which by the way, you can watch this on our YouTube channel and you're just listening, Tanil is in, in front of what looks like a sort of purple velvet um, sort of drapes. It's very pro. I feel like this is, <laughs> she's being interviewed for like the, I don't know, like it's the, the, the Grammys or one of these country music awards. Her guitar is off to her left. I mean, it's, it's really very sort of staid, which means she could be singing for us, people. This could happen. Well, thank you. That's right. It's within arm's reach. You know, it's it's ready for at any moment. But um, yeah, this this is my, my I'm sitting in my little music room at my house and um, such a time as this calls for setting up a, a nice little background for things just like this right now. So here we are. It. This is the real deal. This is at home. People, this is what we do. We, I'm, look, I'm in my office. So you can literally see it. And I've got my books behind me. I love me. it. Like, I was going to say, You have what set are you, up what, the drapes. I've got the drapes behind me. What, what are you reading? I'm looking at your, your books over there. I've got like, classic kind of, you know, Abaddon, the Art of Fashion, Barney's, Vanity Fair books. You know, love it. I've even got my own book because I'm that kind of person that likes to Amazing. plug myself and, <laughs> and just make sure I can look at myself every once in a while when That's I so stroll by. But enough about me. Tanil, what are you drinking? Okay, I am drinking one of my very favorite things to have, which is a chai latte. And I like to have it with um, coconut milk. And this chai actually comes from a little cafe here in Nashville called Sam and Zoe's, which is the very first coffee shop that I visited when I moved here. So my dad and I, he helped me make the the 45 hour drive from Grand Prairie, Alberta, all the wow. way to, to Nashville, ten, Tennessee. And I um, stayed in this area called Berry Hill and rented this place. And my dad kind of stayed for a few days, got me some groceries and and was like, all right, good luck, kid. And he flew back home. And so Sam and Zoe's was within walking distance from the first place that I stayed. And I just, I went there all the time. It became like my favorite little 
comfort zone. And I've lived in several different neighborhoods in Nashville at this point. And I, it doesn't matter where I live. I will drive any distance to go all the way to Sam and Zoe's, get my favorite chai. It kind of tastes like a Dunkaroo in a cup. You know those cookies with the icing? It's <laughs> like, do. it's so good. It's just really sweet. And that's my favorite way to kind of have a chai. So um, cheers from the Sam and Zoe's chai. Cheers what are you, you, what have you got? My drink, but before we all get there, you just mentioned that you drove down. <laughs> Like, yes, which, I and then your father flew back. So were you driving your car down there? Is that the reason? Or why, why yes. on earth did you drive? I know it's a very, very valid question. But yeah, I, I made the drive because I wanted to have my vehicle here. So I, I have a little Tacoma truck that I've, I've driven since uh, high school. And we, we made the trek in that set of wheels. And that it's still risky. here. That I know, right? It is risky. <laughs> yeah, it's still here with me now. So well fantastic I, I was a bit i was like this is an interesting one because whoever's daring enough to drive for 45 hours in a in an old car and then have the dad fly back i'm like yeah something's up with that. that's, that's right I, I was inspired by your drink and what okay. i decided to do because i heard that you were drinking a chai latte and this is the shaken and stirred show we like to make cocktails on the show it is five o'clock somewhere probably not where you are in nashville somewhere. but it no, is definitely not. here this where i am I in new york <laughs> <laughs> and what I've done is I've created a chai white Russian, right? Ooh. So what a white Russian is, is essentially Kahlua, which is yes. in fact, a rum and coffee liqueur, right? It's mixed with vodka. And um, then you put milk or cream, heavy cream on the top of it. And actually, why it's so similar to yours is I don't like too much dairy. So I actually Ooh. opted for coconut milk too. Amazing. So Amazing. you and I both have coconut milk. I got my I vodka. Love that. And this morning I steeped. This is something very interesting, folks. You can do this with vodka. Everyone, anyone who drinks vodka knows you it's a great mixer. It's basically got no flavor of its own. So if you put lemon, lime, anything into it, you, you, you trans, transform the drink. Vodka's great at that. It's really good at accepting tea. And last year huh. I got into this by infusing, you put like your favorite flavored, um, in, you know, tea, and you put it directly into the vodka, you leave it for a couple of hours, no way. And the vodka takes on the flavor of the tea. So it becomes like a simple syrup. So I use a chai tea bag in my vodka. That's and so, so perfect. Hence, I have a chai white Russian. Cheers. Wow, cheers. That sounds really good. That sounds it, delicious. It's, it's pretty delicious, actually. Like, oh. Wow. It's actually, well, you know, the problem though with white Russians is that they're very high in sugar. So mm. if you don't want to have a wicked hangover the next day, <laughs> one is all I recommend, maybe two if you're going to, you know, but if you're a quick drinker like me, otherwise loads of sugar, very fattening. It's cream, it's sugar, oh, it's, vodka, it's, so it's, it's everything. It's like black. It's like a dessert in a, in a yes. you know, glass. Um, but anyway, and so just, the, just the one will do. <laughs> do you drink at all? I do a little, yeah. Um, that sounds delicious. That does sound like dessert. That sounds like something you you kind of have after a nice piece of I don't know, nice nice meal and sit down and have a. What is your go-to drink? Drink. Um, probably wine. I think I like I love um like a cab salve or like a rosé sometimes. I I don't know. I I can do like I love a good Moscow Mule too. Those are always tasty. They are. The Moscow mules are great. Do you have the official Moscow mule glass? Do you make them yourself? They're little goblets. 
I don't. I'm not nearly that official, but I should. I should get a couple of those in my kitchen. That would be good. You know, it's funny. I have a whole collection of all kinds of barware. Not shocking, um, considering that, I have <laughs> that a doesn't surprise me. Podcast called the Shaken and Stirred Show. <laughs> but do you have? Is there a favorite wine opener, or how, when it comes to opening the wine bottle yourself, are you one of those people that goes for the corked variety, or do you like the screw top? Ooh. I don't know that I'm nearly fancy enough to honestly tell tell the difference probably between between that. So I would prefer probably the screw because it's just easier. But I do have like just a normal uh, wine opener that I struggle with definitely. <laughs> well, you know that's the reason I'm. I was someone who hated this the screw tops originally because I was old fashioned and I thought you know it's, it's sort of fancy. I like the whole tradition and ceremony of popping a yes. cork. But then actually now I'm like. Uh, I, I opt for the ones with the screw top because it's so much easier. I don't have to worry about it. And if you don't finish it, you can just put the screw top back on again, shove it in the fridge and you're good to go the next day. So, hey, people. That's very true. I know. I do love that. I will say I just recently learned how to, like, be confident in opening champagne. And I'm pretty excited about that because that's so much fun. It's oh, just really? like, wow, it feels so exciting in the room when everyone's standing there and you're like, oh, let me get the champagne. And it kind of goes everywhere and makes this exciting noise. It's very celebratory. I love that. So what is your, you said you've learned how to do it. What What is your technique? Well, someone showed me that you, if you hold it and you turn the bottom, instead of trying to turn the actual um, cork, that that kind of is works better and so now i feel like if i can control it better if i'm turning it from the bottom so absolutely although the angle you're holding your hand just there <laughs> yeah. you're about to take someone's eye out to nail you understand that you don't aim it directly into their face and twist the I bottom do it's literally like a camera. i do i know i've still got a lot to learn you know <laughs> but here's the good news and everyone out there if you go to a restaurant you order champagne and if the waiter makes a very quiet pop doesn't you know the drama and it's like a you know a little slight quiet pop then he's not done it right the mm. actual loud pop is what you want to hear and the loud pop actually it, it it releases all the carbon dioxide in the in the, uh, the champagne and gives it its proper bubble if you try wow. and, 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 and resist it and make it quiet you don't release it properly and you actually have a flat champagne so don't try wow. and stifle the pop that's I feel like that's very metaphorical for the ce celebrating needs to be all the way it needs to be you need to experience the full pop of it I like that I, I could hear a song coming on people I know Something... let me let me work on that <laughs> I saw your little mind there you were up to the left and was, I could see you writing right there this is how it happens <laughs> I want to be. I want to be in happens. it. By the way, I want to be in okay. the song. I, somehow you got to. You know, there's not enough mentions of people like Nigel in in, in country okay. music. You know. I will make it very clear, Nigel. I like that. <laughs> so listen, let's talk about your music. Let's get on with it. That's what everyone wants to hear about. You know, you've got. If you first of all, you've got a, already a, an impressive career almost I mean, in, in as much as I look back and you really got into music several years ago when you were much younger. Talk to us yeah. about this past year and a half because. It's really been pretty meteoric for you just recently in this, you know, when a lot of people have been suffering through the pandemic and everything else, you've had a, a kind of a career surge in a way. Um, what has it been like since, you know, I guess, the past two years for you? What a wild adventure the past couple years have been. And it's it's so strange to celebrate things in a time where as an entire globe, we're just going through something so monumental and heavy. And I, I think that that's in a lot of ways what 
the job of art is to reflect and to kind of come in and hopefully lift some spirits. And so we put out um, the debut album called The Lemonade Stand um, last, thank you, last July. And so that felt like we were just sort of getting into the middle of 2020 and, and, you know, releasing that album did not look anything like I had imagined that it would leading up to that, writing the songs, working on it in the studio the few years prior. And um, the closer that we got, the more I just felt so, so very much so that it was exactly the right, the right time to put out that music. And um, I'm so grateful that we got to, and, and that, that the year of, of 2020 will, you know, for me, represent the time of that that album alongside everything else that was happening in the world. So um, it, it was wonderful to, to get to do so many different things to still connect with people through the distance and different live streams and award shows that still kind of, you know, happened and made a way to, to bring people together. That was really cool to get to celebrate through that time. And and then the later part of last year, I got to be a part of the Brothers Osborne tour opening up for them. Amazing. Just such a joy. I love those guys so much. They're, they're just such great human beings and incredible artists and songwriters and um, loved getting to adventure on that tour. And we got to wrap up last year just before regulations shifted again um, to, to playing my very first headlining tour up in Canada. So it felt so good to get to be back in the homeland. And, and you sold out in Alberta, correct? It was crazy. Yes, we did. I still can't believe that happened. But people came and they knew the songs. And uh, that was just, it was so special to me to get to, to see everybody coming together in a room um, and just, you know, connecting through the music in such a, person to person way it was so so wonderful to experience that and yeah to stand there in my home province in Alberta and seeing an entire beautiful symphony center with all the seats filled was just beyond my wildest dreams it was so wonderful no absolutely I you know it's one of those things when you are you speak to artists and you ask them about that moment when you step on stage especially when it's hometown and, yeah. and you sort of get back and you're you know, because I would imagine you probably went there as a kid and, or, you know, knew of the space and dreamt of being there and, and singing on that stage. And then to sort of be there with packed seats has got to be, it's got to be a moment, right? It is. It's so emotional. And so it just makes it feel like things, crazy things are possible, you know, because as that kid who sat in that venue or any venue and was just watching my heroes on stage, it's like, okay, that's, that's it. That's what I want to do. And it just seems so far away when you're sitting there. It seems like this untouchable, like, wow, what a dream that would be kind of a feeling. And then um, to, to really be walking this out and doing my best to try to just journal as much as I can, because I don't want to forget the the little the little moments of it. That's like you, you imagine something and then it's happening and it's like there's color that's added and the shape is a little different than you thought it would be or this emotion feels a little different or whatever it might be, but it's like, wow, what a what a cool thing to see that happen in, in real life from the kid who was just singing along at the top of her lungs to the music that I loved growing up. And I guess that right now, living where you are, the Ryman has to be high on the list of places to perform, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's on the vision board. That's a, a big, big dream venue to, to hopefully play soon. That'd be so cool.
uh, you know, I photographed um, Taylor Swift there and it oh, was wow. a really special kind of moment for both her and myself, actually, at the time. We spent the whole day doing a whole bunch of great pictures as part of a book that oh, I was shooting with her. That. Yeah. And it, it was just a sort of, you know, that place has got just such incredible bones, obviously, and, and the history yeah. that of, of the music that's been played there. You feel it in every seat, in every area, like yeah. there's just, it's like the wood itself has soaked up the music and the, and the yeah. you know, the emotion and the, you know, the, the feeling and, you know, it's, it's something very magical. You're so right. I mean, I, you can't run from it in a place like that. I think I, I sat there um, and watched one of my heroes, Patty Griffin play actually shortly after moving to Nashville. And you're just like, wow, this, it just feels sacred it really does and we got to do actually a, a big hearts for big kids is a a charity event from my hometown we got to do during the pandemic that was another beautiful uh, silver lining was to do the fundraiser from couldn't fly home to do it so we did it live streaming it from the Ryman which was so crazy because the place was empty you know and you're standing there on the stage and all I could imagine was like the history of people who have played there before and it really feels like I don't know that it's just like there's just angels that are coming to hang out in, in there and to just sing a song to to that empty place and imagine you know the people who were watching and still feeling filling that space with their spirit from afar but also just imagining the spirits all through through history that have really come around that place it's it's really something special well, you just brought up Big Hearts for Big Kids, which is a, uh, a it's a, to, to, in fact, you tell us about it. It's your hometown's local youth shelter, right? And you have raised over $2 million for them, <laughs> which is extraordinary. Since you were 15 years old, you've been, you know, raising money for them. This is what I mean by you've had a kind of a career already, because the fact that you've already raised sort of $2 million for a local shelter is super impressive. But, you know, give us the lowdown on what, what, on, on what they do and what it's about. Well, thank you for asking about this. This is like my, my favorite thing to talk about. But yeah, we we have this this youth shelter. It's called the Sunrise House and they help kids ages um, 12 to 17 who are struggling or at risk of homelessness. And um, I, I learned about the Sunrise House when I was 15 and I was the same age as so many of the kids who were going in and out of the space. And I'm from a small town and I think imagining the need for a place for that's safe for somebody to be able to turn to like that is like so hard to imagine in your own hometown, but it exists in every hometown. And so um, music is this beautiful vehicle to bring people together. So I thought, well, what if we just threw a little concert and invited some friends and family to come out and we could support the Sunrise House and some of the supplies that they're needing and this little idea just grew and grew and we rented this hall and got some decorations and some silent auction items and you know we were all ready for the show and the night of the very first event the shelter director came to me in tears and told me that they're they had to close the doors that morning due to lack of funding and found foster care for everybody and it was just this moment of like if you need to turn your event in a different direction we understand um but we've kind of hit the the bottom and it was this moment of we all looked around and we're like oh this is still happening and um we're gonna we're gonna get those doors wide open again and in one night i watched the community come together and 
you know, we raised over $30,000 and, and more than that, just this awareness of how much we could all be a part of wrapping our arms around the Sunrise House. And um, we've continued that event every year since. So we sing some songs and invite everybody to have a great time at this party. And um, it has blown my mind watching what can happen when a small group of people come together and really believe in something. So um, I, I, I just love the event so much. I look forward to getting to continue to do that at home and hopefully in other places too. Amazing, incredible work. And, and, and you know, it's just, just bringing people together, like you said, it's about community. It's about, you know, when I, I think of what you're doing and what you've done, we've had people on here who've done extraordinary things as well, but you know, I think that homelessness is such a massive issue and especially with youth that we, 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 you know, oftentimes they're ignored, the homeless, people don't understand them, you know, they, it, there's a lot of judgmental people out there who judge people for being homeless. And, you know, you, and then you see that there are children that are homeless and where they mm -hmm. came from and the difficult house, you know, it's a home situation that they went through and it can be completely tragic. I mean, for yourself, what drew you specifically to something like this type of organization versus, we you know, it could be anything. I was reading this pamphlet about like I was saying, kids who were my age in my own hometown. And I was like, how, how did I get dealt this hand in the sense of, you know, to, to get to be in a warm home with heat on right now in this whatever freezing cold winter climate and get to sit at the table with my family and have a meal. And like, I felt so grateful and also just so, um, like, wow, we, we're all dealt certain circumstances that we're just born with, you know, and a lot of, we don't get to necessarily choose those. That's, it's just what, what happens. And I think in thinking about the fact that every single person has a story, no matter what their circumstances is such an important thing. And I, I grew up being surrounded by people in my family who very much believed that and talked about that on a regular basis. So it was just kind of in the hardwiring of, how to think about fellow human beings and and what can we do to help that just sort of was the thing to do well clearly you 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 know kudos to your parents too i know you've mentioned your, your parents a couple of times already but it's sort of you know your father it's, and certainly it's sort of you know i think to be a young person and a teenager and to be thinking about other kids is really admirable because i think a lot of the times teenagers are often at that moment in life when they're thinking about themselves and themselves mm -hmm. only so the fact that you were really it shows that says a lot about you and it, you know it speaks a lot about your music by the way i mean your I, I find your music to be very vulnerable um Thanks. and that it's um you know you, you you have a way of making things incredibly personal even perhaps when they're bigger subjects but but then you also get personal and so talk to us about you know i, I you know certainly i know you you've got a lot of you've got this new album out lemonade stand and you know that there's you recently uh, released a song called villain and me and i was just listening to that just before you came on just wanting to listen to it again to hear your voice mm -hmm. and kind of you know really get a, a sense of you again and it's it's a gorgeous, beautiful song, but, it, but it's very kind of, I guess when I, when I listen to it, it's super emotional. What, what was your, talk, talks about the song, but also your process about, you know, really opening up like that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking about that song. I, I think for me, songwriting is such a sort of spiritual process in a lot of ways where I just feel like, I'm kind of the vessel, like you're just sort of catching whatever you're hearing. It's such a mystery, like the process of 
writing a song or just creativity in general it's like how did this thing that didn't exist in the world before just kind of happen and in the past my favorite way to write songs is always from sort of the third party observer perspective and it's my way to be able to tell a story of what I'm witnessing and kind of understand how I feel about it or what my part is in that and um, it's been a very healing thing for me to be able to kind of just write what I'm seeing but I think this past sort of couple of years of in in a way being forced to spend a lot more time at home and a lot more time by myself with my sort of vulnerable and sometimes more uncomfortable you know thoughts it's like okay where do I put all of these feelings that I have and and music is my safe place for that so villain in me very much came from sort of that time of self-reflection and turmoil about the the voices that very much exist in my head and I think in all of our heads in some ways that tell us we're not good enough or you know whatever our personal and individual struggles might be those are those are really loud voices so um this is definitely the most personal song that I've ever ever shared it was really terrifying to, to post it out there I shared the video just sort of playing the song on my guitar and to hear people talk about the fact that, you know, that they feel the same way in, in a lot of ways was so um, encouraging to me and definitely gave me, gave me some courage to be able to, to share that song out there. So this song sort of marks the, the beginning of the new adventure of sharing um, a list of songs that I'm getting really excited to finishing right now in the studio and, and kind of putting this next collection of songs together that very much branch out from that more personal state I guess. Are you about to embark on a headlining tour in the US the Villain and Me tour right? Yes. And when does that start? It starts in a couple of weeks. Amazing. Um, yes I'm so excited I'm these these are places that I've had the just honor of getting to travel and and tour to opening up for so many of my heroes and friends and to be able to come back to some of these cities and do our own shows it's just such a dream i can't wait to see everybody um and all all come together around these songs now everyone has a process every every musician i've ever interviewed has a has, has a process and you know with you is it the lyrics first you find a, a sound and, and then and, and then perhaps think i want to write something to this sound i made is it a bit of both what, what it, how does it go for you Honestly, every song is a little bit different. I think I have a really hard time thinking about lyrics without sort of the the boat that they're rolling down the river down musically. It's like without sort of this this sense of direction um, musically, it's hard for me to kind of put lyrics without that. So they very much feed each other to me. Um, but I think this thing that often starts it is an idea or a concept or something that I want to say and then kind of finding the music or the lyric that goes with that is helpful to me. Sometimes though songs are such little mysteries and it's like I'll just be sitting in a room with a friend or pick up a guitar and it's like I have no idea what just happened but let's write that like this this thing just sort of falls out so you can't even really catch it or try to put it in a bottle if you try I really I really don't think you can. You have your guitar right next to you. Is that, do you have a, a series of guitars? You have, is that your favorite guitar right there? I know, I know it, this, yeah. some people collect these things. Some people have one guitar they like to play everything on. What, what, what is that? What's that, your baby? What is that? Yeah, so this is a new guitar, actually. I have, 
I have this thing where I like to kind of um, starting with the first record, the Lemonade Stand, I wanted to make a time capsule with each of the guitars so that every guitar gets sort of um, decorated with the songs and the lyric kind of tattooed in a way. So hold on one second, actually, I'll grab this one. This was the, the first guitar that started it. And so I had my friend Louis Lavoie paint a bunch of symbols Amazing. on it. Um, and then this new guitar here has a sunrise on it because it feels like the beginning of, um, of this new horizon and the theme of the light sort of coming in through the cracks. So I just started painting this one and we'll can kind of continue it as we go. Um, releasing more and more songs. And do they sound different to you? Or they, you know, I mean, I guess to the someone like me, they probably sound the same. But to you, do they have like slightly different sounds to them because of the newer, the different woods and all that kind of thing? Definitely, which is kind of beyond my knowledge in a lot of ways. But every guitar sort of has its own personality. I think these are both acoustic guitars. But um, the first one is definitely an older model I found at this little vintage guitar shop in Austin, Texas, and it's a it's it's a nineteen I think forty something. So the it doesn't stay in tune quite as well as uh, this new guitar is definitely a little happier being on the road with changing climates and things. Um, it's a newer model, but they're both Martin guitars, and um, yeah, they both have their own character for sure. Sounds like me. The older I get, the harder it is for me to stay in tune. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't, you, can't, you can't blame us. You can't judge us. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. So look, let's talk fashion too. I want to talk a bit about clothing and your outfits, oh, and, okay. and you know, you, you know, you're on stage. You see, you're with, you know, you're there performing. What is the thought process you put behind your outfit, your look? Mm. Well, I always like to to wear things that just kind of make me feel like the most. Um, confident version of myself what's funny is I step on stage I'm very much like an introverted person always overthinking everything but something happens when I step up there and I just sort of stop doing that and feel like the most fierce version of myself and I always like to wear things that kind of match that that feel a little bit like an armor and um I love to wear things that feel like a little bit bright on stage. Mostly I'm just obsessed with shoes, truly. That's, that's, I pick an outfit based on the uh, shoes I feel like wearing or the ones that seem like they're calling to me the, the loudest. Fantastic. I love a good pair of shoes too. And actually, I'm, I'm responsible for buying most of my wife's shoes for her. So she's, Ooh, so I'm like, I love that. Yeah, I like a good pair of heels on her. So I'm like, you know, I Louboutin and Jimmy <laughs> nice. Choo and a few like, what are you? Are you boots or your, your heels? What do you, what, what is your thing? I like boots and honestly, they have to be kind of a shorter heel for me because I really like to run around and, and, and jump and things. And I can't, I'm not very skilled to do that off of them. Very, very tall, scary shoes. I'm also just clumsy. So it's better to not have the height uh, wobbling in my disadvantage. <laughs> do you work with a stylist at all? Or are you out there shopping for your own look, your own thing? I do work with a stylist. I'm very uh, grateful to, cause I'm, that naturally is not um, something like I'll go into store and look at things and be like, I have no idea. So I'm really, really glad for uh, some help with that for sure. Um, have you ever had like faux pas things you did or, you know, fashion faux pas things you were like, you know what, look back, why was I wearing that? Or that was not the look or you, uh, you sort of just move on and you're okay with it no matter what. <laughs> I think there's definitely some, especially in like, 
the, the, the sort of growing up years where I can look back and be like, I don't know what I was thinking there. Um, so there's a little bit of that, but mostly I just kind of look at it as little, um, I think it's, it's part of our time capsule of like our human existence of what felt right in that moment. I think we're all growing, evolving people or it's one thing feels good first season and then we kind of embrace the next thing that comes along, whether we think the last one was crazy or not. <laughs> Talk to me about being on tour. You were on tour last year um, and it, it was a strange time. You know, musicians are sort of both dying to get on tour and also, you know, it's difficult to be on tour. People are sort of forgetting what it's like to go to concerts and, you know, they, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time out there, yet it's something which we're all very excited for. And, you know, what was it like for you to, to sort of step out on that stage with people listening to music for the first time live, perhaps in maybe a couple of years? It was very overwhelming, truly. I mean, I think just as much as everyone's forgotten, including myself, like what it feels like to go to a show, it's kind of like putting on a pair of shoes you haven't worn in a while. And, you know, just socially, it's so interesting to be around big groups of people again. It, it took a minute for me too, but I will say the very first show we played, we, we got up on stage to start the sound check and I, you know, hear, heard the kick drum start and it's just like, feels so emotional to go, wow, I've, I've really missed this so much. I, I, you know, it feels like such a big part of who I am and, and it really kind of sat quiet for a while. And I was so, so grateful for the return of that. So it took a little bit to kind of get back into the groove and, um, but being, being out there and seeing people's faces and being able to really feel music, you know, that's, there's so many ways we can make the best of it through the distance, I think, and still stay connected. But there is this sort of irreplaceable communal joy, communal sorrow, communal whatever that feeling is that a song brings us that's really hard to replicate without being in the same room. And I think that's a good thing. I think that makes it something special and, and something that can continue to, you know, have that sort of driving purpose to bring us together so to feel that again was such a joy and even now it's just it's really interesting hard times to navigate and to plan ahead for this year even even just from a few weeks from now it's like okay are we going to be able to do this show here how is this going to unfold and everything kind of keeps growing and changing but I keep holding on to the hope and the truth that live music is I think something really important for our souls and um, we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna come back around to it in all the ways that we can. You know, it, music is something which you mentioned earlier, but it's sort of universal. It's sort of you know, no matter where you are in the world, what culture, what type, there is music everywhere. And and, and country music is something which you know, it, it, it seems to be quintessentially sort of American, but it's really not in many ways. It's sort of a, mm -hmm. it's something where that what country is about in a way is it's it's everywhere you know you find it in every yeah. small town in every country really and it's i found it amazing that country music is sort of you know big in places like south africa for example and you know the uk and you know europe and, and very, all over the place where you be because people are you just assume nashville because it's the sort of home of, of country music but there are people everywhere doing it for you what was your you know, coming from Canada, what made you go, okay, I want to get into country music? What was that, that, that genre that really spoke to you? I think it's the element of storytelling. And it's, I think country music has a really unique way of 
really kind of talking about things that feel I think vulnerable and honest and human and um it's it's the kind of music that I grew up listening to you know with my family and um Nashville definitely has such a heartbeat for it but but I I think you're right it's it's very universal because the emotions are the same whatever your home is there's such a like anchor to country music that makes I think it's like it feels like home it feels like an anchor of our identity I think whatever that home looks like you know you can be listening to a Dolly Parton song driving through the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee where it was from or from whatever terrain or the the river by my house in Grand Prairie Alberta and it feels like she's talking about my home you know and I think there's something um, powerful about that in country that definitely drew me in. Gotta love Dolly. Um, yeah, she's, she's just a, a legend. I, every time anyone mentions her, I just get a smile on my face. You know, <laughs> just, there's something about her that just, it's, it's just so nostalgic at the same time. It's such fun, good memories of music that she's done, films that she's been in. I love a good Dolly Parton mention. Um, me too. I love that it makes you smile. That's such a good thing to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, which is great, right? Which is, you know, I mean, I've got to ask you too. I mean, you're writing this music now. You're still super young and you've got, you know, these legends and people like that, like Dolly that you mentioned. But what are you hoping people are going to take away from your music, really? I mean, what are they, what, what's their, you know, what are they going to think about? What would you like them to think about when they listen to your music? I want them to feel comforted and to feel like they're not alone. You know, I think that's the greatest gift of music is the way that it whispers that in all kinds of different songs. Um, but to me, that's my greatest hope is that people can feel like they can show up and be who they are and not be alone. You write, we make each other braver. I found that something you said that with, mm. with your music, you wrote, I'm inspired by people and their stories. I'm so grateful for music and the way it makes us feel like we're never alone. I believe we have everything we need inside of us to be a light for the world. We make each other braver. <laughs> I do believe that. Dang, thank you for finding that. <laughs> no, I like it. I mean, it's, you know, brave. What does bravery mean to you? Because it's an interesting thing. It's sort of, you know, we live in a world where we need bravery and it is it, it is scary. It's a scary world for a lot of people. And, you know, do you, you, you truly, you, you know, I think that you're right though. When people listen to music, uh, they, they hear someone else going through it and willing to talk about it out loud. And it mm-hmm. sometimes can be that moment for that young girl, young boy, somewhere in the middle of nowhere where they don't feel like they, they've got anyone to speak to and, or who, who gets them. And, you know, always going through what they're going through. And then they hear a song like one of your songs, like Villain and Me, and they're like, shit, that's me. You know what I mean? Or Hmm. I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. Right. And is that what you mean by makes them braver? Because all of a sudden they're like, okay, I I can do this. I can speak about this because I'm not alone. That is exactly what I mean by that. I think often bravery seems like I don't know, like this, this night that is like this loud way of conquering the world. And it's like bravery seems like such a big word. But in, in truth, I think bravery is in, is in the little things. It's about the hard conversations. It's about being honest. It's about, you know, showing up in whatever form it is to just be yourself. And I think that's, it's in- incredibly contagious. Like you, you see someone else show up and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this or, Oh, this is something hard. Or 
I don't know how I feel about this or whatever the thing is. And to be able to communicate that in a song is definitely um, one of my, my greatest missions and goals and not often easy because it's about being vulnerable. And that means being brave myself, but hearing from people, it's always my favorite to get to talk to somebody by a merch stand after the show or, you know, being able to message someone on Instagram and hearing a story of what a song has meant to them in their life or what it's, how it's made them feel braver. And that instantly makes me feel braver. And I just think that's such a beautiful transaction that can happen with songs. And I feel so grateful to hear from people in that way. And, um, to really kind of see it firsthand is something just incredible to me. You just mentioned Instagram. Now, uh, you know, I, I've checked out your Instagram. I actually follow you on Instagram. Um, oh, and, thanks for that. <laughs> and, um, well, you know what, you guys, everyone out there, if you want Tanil's number, she gives it to you right there on Instagram. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, she's either daring or crazy, or maybe a bit of both. But you actually both. ask people to text you and, and, and directly say, here's my number, text me if you've got something. Really? Really? I mean, is your phone not ringing off the hook? What is that about? <laughs> it's a road phone. And it's a place where I'm constantly getting to like read messages from people because that is such fuel to me as so much of the community aspect of music that I love. So it brings me such great joy to hear. So it's not your own phone number. It's just like directly to like the sort of that the, the, the red recording of like, you've reached Tanil Towns, please leave. <laughs> I can't reach, can't speak right now. Please leave a message. Yes, but it is my phone. It's all, it is part of my phone. So it is definitely something that I am seeing and getting to respond to messages directly from um, and be able to send people messages from. So I love getting to do that. What do you think of Instagram and everything? You, I mean, you're obviously on it. You've got you know a nice little following already, and you kind of you know you can sort of you know you're on there, and I see you do other sort of like cool videos and stuff like that about who you are as a person. Do you find it a useful tool, or do you, is it a distraction, or you know is it a great way to communicate with your with fans and things? It is all of those things. I'm so grateful that it's a place to have a conversation and to get to feel connected to people and and to get to talk about these songs that I'm I'm writing and and have a have a place to really kind of get them out there in that in such a organic and honest way sometimes i will say that you know creating things on socials or even just the habit of picking up my phone and thinking oh i should share this moment like that's not often my natural state so it's definitely can be tricky to me. I don't actually really love the camera at all. It's, it's something that I, I struggle with and work on. So um, there are parts of it that are really hard, but the community aspect of it and being able to talk to people is what far overrides my uh, struggles with it. Well, we're going to have to get you in front of my camera at some point, and then we're going to fix <laughs> yeah. and sort all of that out. That's for sure. That's coming <laughs> okay. down the line without a doubt. But, um, you know, there you are on, on social media you know, this incredibly talented musician, you know, you, you're out there, you're putting your number up there. Are people like trying to slip into your DMs and like trying to ask you out on dates and all that kind of business too? Yeah, you dealing oh, with all, all that? kinds, all kinds of mysteries and fun things that come in for sure. <laughs> Are you in a relationship right now, may I ask? I am not. And I actually am about to release a song that um, talks directly about that and about the window and sort of you know, season of my life that I'm going through right now where it feels like 
all of my friends are getting married and having babies and and to kind of like talk about this um in in the sense of what it feels like to sometimes you know be the single one and how it's one of those things that it, it very much can feel like you're the only one and if I was writing this going if I'm feeling this way then I know there's got to be more people who feel this way too and I'm so excited to get this song out there and we've been like putting little pieces and um up on on Instagram and and TikTok and hearing people's comments about it and being like oh I feel this too is just bringing me such joy so I can't wait to get this song out there but it's kind of terrifying dating a musician. I mean, the, just the fact that you're writing about the fact you're not in a relationship. That's right. <laughs> with dating a, a musician is that you date them, they write about you. You, you break up with them, they write up, write up, they write a song about you. It's like your material. It's like you, you, you're going right. to, someone dates you, to, they are basically offering themselves up to be written into your songs. And so it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I'll pass on that one for the moment. You've not thought of that. <laughs> That's a very good point. You know, there's a lot to sign up for. <laughs> is there anything that's that's like like you won't write about? Is there other things that are too personal, or what? What? Where do you draw that line? You know, what's funny is I think the music kind of draws the line for me. Like I always trust the music, and as I'm writing, it very much feels like that's something I want to say or no, that's not right. Like it's like the internal compass of of the music to me always knows where that line is so that song you mentioned before you said it, it, it's called when it's gonna happen when's it gonna happen yep <laughs> see and i i saw that on social you know i saw you talk about it that's where i see it and it's there has been a sort of a, a big reaction to that song and do you like to test the waters with your songs on social to see how they're going to react before you release them I do. I very much do. It's really important to me to see how people feel about it. And it's exciting to get to share it and go, okay, let's try this one or try this one and kind of follow that lead a little bit. I also love to be able to try them out in, in a live show, which was really fun to get to try a few new songs out on the Canadian tour that we did at the end of last year and go, okay, how did this kind of feel out there in the room to someone who's a group of people who have never heard these songs before. It's really exciting to kind of try that out. I'm looking at that guitar next to you. I'm feeling like I feel like I I would love to hear you strum it. I don't know if that's up to asking too much, but oh know, sure, it, yeah. You know, it, it's it's right there, and I'm like, God damn it! If she's such such an amazing singer, is there anything we can hear at all? Well, certainly, I can play a piece of something. Let's um, do it. Hope, hopefully, it sounds all right through these headphones. Um, let's see. What do you want to hear? I mean, I love the, I love villain and me to be honest with you, but I mean, it, that might be too complicated. No, let's do it. Pulls back the arrow, knows exactly where to start. The weak spot in the armor. The cut straight to the heart And the clouds roll over Temperature drops as it gets closer And it all goes quiet Too quiet The voice that I don't want to hear The hurt for words I 
say The long list of things about myself I want to change Baby cloud won't leave even if it rains Try to be a hero till it brings me to my knees There's a villain in me A villain in me. Amazing. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much. My God, you're so good. You are so, so good. Where did that voice come from? Is it a long line of voices? Have you got a, someone else? That, is there someone in your family that's got that voice too? Honestly, no. I, we all love music and everyone loves to sing along, but they, they, they would say they have no idea where it came from. <laughs> it, it's a deep soul right there. I don't know where that came from, too. I mean, it's just I, I, something about your voice. And I got to say, maybe everyone's people have certain voices for certain people. But when I hear your voice, when I heard it for the first time, Chantal, who is someone who introduced you to me, who's a friend of mine. And yes, I love her. Stuff, and I was just like, she goes, you've got to listen. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. She sends me stuff all the time. And I was like, ooh, oh, wait a second. She's that really is good. so cool. Thank you yeah. so much, Chantel. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So look, I want to thank you so much for coming on Shaking and Sterling. Really excited for you. Before I let you go, we've got something real quick. It's called Last Orders. It's a few real easy questions on the okay. spot, like fun stuff. Um, but, you know, here we go. It's super easy. And you can take your time with answering them. We can kind of cut around it. But if okay. you could drink any cocktail with, from any movie or television show with that character, who would it be? In other words, if there's somebody from somebody you love from any show, any film, and there's a cocktail you could have with them, is this, is, is which movie would it be? Which show would it be? Ooh, what a great question. I think, okay, it would probably be on the friends tv show i would just love to get to to have some of the margaritas that monica makes on the on the in the one episode where they're all wearing wedding dresses that's where i would go i love that i thought you were going to say you're going to have a chai latte in that coffee house they all have from, well from... i would you i would definitely pick the uh what's it called what's their coffee house called um central perk but you said cocktail i don't think they serve those there <laughs> you know, they, they don't they don't but i was you know this is a show about cocktails and you had a chai latte so i thought you know what just just go with it well Are that's you... what i would go with that would be my that would be my answer no but i love that well done In the, now you're young but if there was to be a movie of your life who would you like to have play you Ooh, i don't know who i would pick for that but i would definitely want dolly parton to be the the fairy godmother of sorts <laughs> I think you are, you, are, you are saying the older version of yourself, you're going to want to grow up to become Dolly Parton. Yeah, or just the, the guiding light through the, through the film. That's who I would want in it, yes. Fair enough, fair enough. I love that. Okay, fantasy dinner party. You can invite four guests, dead or alive. Who would they be? I think I would go, okay, my great-grandmother, Mama Mare Willette, she would be there because she's a real, real hoot. She, she's pretty awesome um i feel like i would want a lot of really strong amazing women like amelia Earhart and mm, probably dolly that would probably be the other one yeah 
<laughs> I knew Dolly had to make a video. And you've got yeah. one more. Oh, I've got one more. Hmm. Dolly, Amelia, Grandma. Yeah, that's going to be good. Good. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else? Oprah. That'd be fun. <laughs> when in doubt, throw Oprah in there. She knows how to certainly ask a good few questions at the dinner party. Right. When do you get a word in edgeways, though? That's the question right there. Well, um, fair enough. Oprah, don't come after me for that. Okay. <laughs> do you have any go-to drinking songs. And what I mean by that is when you go out and you go partying, you go to the clubs, you go to the bar, what is your go-to put that song on the music mm. box, whatever it might be, you want to listen to it because you're going to have a drink. I think <laughs> a throwback that always sort of, uh, probably Shania Twain, that, that, that would feel like a good time, yeah. And which song of hers? Probably Any Man of Mine. Any man of mine. There you go. Yeah. Living vicariously <laughs> through Shania right here. And final question. Shaken or stirred? Mm. Shaken. And any reason why? Well, I don't know. When I just think of all my favorite, like this is this was this was blended. I don't know, would this have been stirred? Would you stir a chai latte? Would you shake it? And I was talking about life. Wow. Shaken, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. And on that note, everybody, Tanil Towns, you can catch her. Um, your new song, when, when It's Gonna Happen, is being released January 14th. Um, you are you touring again? I think you're when you've got a, another tour coming up. You mentioned the Villain yes. and Me tour that's coming up and in a couple of weeks. Where can right. people catch you? We are coming through a bunch of different cities. So so check out SunilTowns.com, uh, I guess, for all of the tour dates. So we'll be listed there or come to hang out on Instagram or TikTok and I'll tell you all about where we're coming to. <laughs> there you go. When in doubt. Instagram or TikTok, but TennilleTowns.com. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful year ahead. I look forward to meeting you in person, getting you in I front know. of my lens. <laughs> I can't I wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Such a joy to talk to you, Nigel. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Shaken and Stirred. We'll be with you again next week. All the best. Take care. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening. That is Shaken and Stirred. We will be back next week with a, another podcast and another fantastic guest. And uh, stay safe. This podcast was produced and edited by Embassy Row.